0: Today on City Cash Chicago, we've been prepping you for this, telling you about who was running in the Illinois primary election, which races were the most heated, even what some of the offices on the ballot actually do. So, what happened at the polls? We got you. It's Wednesday, June 29th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Live from the City Chicago Squad Cast Studios. <laughs> We know that results are widely available, but the CityCast crew was together on election night. Uh, it's about 8:20 here, and we want to take you along for the ride. We're gonna pop in every single hour with election results. While it's too early to call some key races, we can give you a little insight to what voter turnout looked like. Uh, as a seven o'clock the Chicago Board of Elections said, about 300,000 ballots were cast. That's about 20% voter turnout in Chicago. Leading the pack with 62,000 was individuals aged 65 to 74, which isn't really a shock. Uh, those turnout numbers, I think, were pretty expected by many people, um, but they are rather low when you compare them. 28% in March 2020, 26% in, in March uh, 2018. Um, I did want to bring in the CityCast team to talk about their experience going to the polls today. I got lead producer Carrie Shepard. Hey. Producer Simone Alisea.
1: Hiya.
0: And newsletter writer, Cindy Madden. Hi. Uh, Carrie, what was it like when you went to the polls earlier today?
2: Okay, it was uh, nice and easy. I was uh, voter number 62, new polling place for me. Usually it's right next door at the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Now it was at Shy School of the Arts, a Chicago performing arts school. Obviously, we know one of my favorite things about voting in my area is that, you know, I hear English, Ukrainian, Spanish, sometimes Polish. Um, it just shows me what a great diversity we are. And it was easy uh, and just saying, oh, and same election judges. I've had the same election judges for about five or six years. So I was happy to see them and check in with them.
0: what did you take in the booth with you? Did you have any voter guides, any, any notes written down?
2: Very good question, Jacoby. I definitely had my Injustice watch Judicial races guide, which I studied last night, which was super helpful. I did have a guide in my purse, but it was the wrong pamphlet. I grabbed the wrong one off the (laughs) kitchen counter. (laughs) I'm gonna admit I was a little blind on a couple races um, and just used my old institutional knowledge on some of those. Uh, But yeah, and I didn't I didn't look much up either um, when I was there.
0: Got it. Uh producer Simone Alisea, how did you choose to vote during the during the primary?
1: Yeah. So I opted to get a mail in ballot. Um I signed up. Uh, Right before the deadline to sign up. Um, And I was really pleased to see that it came like two days later. So that was nice. But I couldn't get it together enough to actually mail in the ballot in time. So I had to go drop it off at a Dropbox. Um, And I had to walk to Truman College in Uptown on Wilson to do that. That's an early voting site. You can't drop off mail in ballots at just any polling location which i thought was kind of odd i don't totally okay. know why that is you can only drop them off at these early voting sites got some lucy's fried chicken and went home that was that was it it was nice and easy
2: <laughs>
0: uh sydney what was your voting experience like this morning was it simple and straight to the point
2: um it could have been but i messed up a little i thought i was registered i thought i was registered where i live uh, up in lakeview east but that was not the case and i've been having this uh expired id life like i've been living it for a long time now so i never got any
0: so you didn't have the proper id to register a no person?
2: so <laughs> i it. just went back to my parents house um but it was a good <laughs> lesson learned but yeah i went back to to their apartment building downtown and voted there um it was pretty it was pretty empty
0: I voted at the middle school up the street for the very first time. For the last few years, I voted at a church over on Seventy First and Cornell. But since I've moved, um, I had to uh, change my address in person. Luckily, I did have an ID. I like you, have I'm not on the expired life. I'm on the lost and haven't replaced life with my driver's <laughs> license. I don't drive, and I don't. I rarely go to bars, so I never really need it. And so I just haven't. The DMV is just not a place I want to schedule going. But anyway. Uh, they were really nice in helping me change my address, uh, getting things going. The lady was like, oh, that passport, it looks so worn. I was like, it's not because I'm well-traveled. <laughs> it's because it's my only
1: form of identification. I really appreciate in, in at least three of these four stories that there's an element of like, well, there's been this uh, this thing I've been putting off and wasn't able to get together. And so, but I was still able to vote. <laughs>
0: We do all these primary prep episodes. And we ain't we ain't registered to couldn't, vote in the regular. Right
2: and and before we went downstairs my mom was like, So, you know, who should I like what who should I vote for? I was like, Did you read the newsletter, girly? Like it went out this morning. <laughs>
0: So we're back in our CityCast Chicago election studio. I'm here with producer Samal Alisea and lead producer Carrie Shepard. We got our first round of election results. Right now it's about 915 and we can call the governor's race on both sides. It looks like uh, very obviously Democratic uh, nominee is the Democratic nomination is going to the incumbent, J.B. Pritzker. And on the GOP side of things, Senator State Senator Darren Bailey, uh, who was endorsed by Donald Trump. Looks like he has sold up the Republican nomination. Carrie, you want to uh, kind of drop us into that race a little bit?
2: Yeah. So Darren Bailey um, started to take the lead over Richard Irvin. Irvin is the mayor of Aurora, our second biggest city here in Illinois. Also notable that he got a huge infusion of cash from
0: $50 million
2: yeah, from uh, Ken Griffin, uh, Illinois's richest person. I think only followed by like J.B. Pritzker, (laughs) like right behind that. Um, And, you know, he put in all this money to fund Irvin's race because he really has wanted to defeat Pritzker for a long time. And when it started to look like maybe that wasn't going to that wasn't going to pay, that wasn't going to turn out so great for that investment. He didn't get a huge return on his investment as Irvin wasn't. Polling is high. Um, last week, he actually Ken Griffin. This is who I know. I feel like we hear about him more than we actually hear about the actual candidate, Richard Urban. <laughs> Ken Griffin announced he's moving Citadel, his company, to Miami out of Chicago. See you later. Yeah, and Darren Bailey is this. I would you know recommend people go back and listen to our conversation with WTTW's Amanda Vinicky about this. Darren Bailey, a Southern a lawmaker from Southern Illinois who called Chicago, I think, what was the quote? A
0: hellhole. A hellhole. Hell hole. Hell hole? Hole. Yeah. Hell hole. He's, hell is, hell he's hole. running a pro second amendment pro life campaign. Yep. He of yep. all the candidates made it clear that he was going to be the most conservative in the bunch. Right. Yes. He was uh, openly seeking the Donald Trump endorsement, which, you know, uh, he got, and it's whole to show it. Illinois Republicans seem like they made their decision on, you know, how they're making and laying in their bed. And that's 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 the Trumpian way right now.
1: It's worth noting when we did hear about Irvin. Uh, it was a, a lot of the stories was a question of does Irvin support Trump? Did Irvin support Trump in in 2020? Uh, and eventually reporting came out that. He did not, in fact. And in fact, there were these texts that 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 came out that uh, Irvin did not think very highly of our former president. Um, So, you know, important that I think that Trump factor, that most conservative, most extreme element of the where the GOP is right now and where the GOP is in Illinois right now, it it cannot be uh, overstated.
0: Darren Bailey, as of 920, is up 200,000 votes and Richard Irvin is running in third place.
2: Two things about Darren Bailey, something that Amanda brought up to us um, back when we had her on, uh, you know, a month or so ago about, you know, Governor Pritzker's and the Democrats were funding Darren Bailey. Now his who,
0: yeah, to the tune of 34 million Who
2: will now be his opponent in the general funding his campaign. Because the thought from Democrats is it's going to be nearly impossible for someone as conservative as Darren Bailey to win in Chicago Mm -hmm. and the suburbs, which you have to have those votes locked down. Here's what Amanda said about it back then. Tough on crime. Pritzker is doing it wrong. Chicago is in disarray when it comes to violence is a message that does carry statewide. You need Chicago at the very least the suburbs in order to win the the governor's race. I mean if you look at a map, Pritzker did terribly downstate. I mean, it is a sea of red. He doesn't need to. He doesn't care. You need to win Chicago and in the suburbs just because of sheer population. So, just to wrap real quick in the general, it will be governor our incumbent our governor J.B. Pritzker against Darren Bailey.
0: Yeah. Uh, Quick updates on the the U.S. Senate race in Illinois. On the Democratic side of things, Tammy Duckworth ran uncontested. And while they haven't called it yet, Kathy Salvey is currently leading the GOP side of things by about close to 40,000 votes. So we'll uh, get you that update as soon as they call it. Um, some of the congressional races uh, look like they've been called already. Kerry, what's going on in the sixth congressional The district?
2: sixth is one we didn't dive into too deeply on the podcast or in the newsletter, maybe a little in the newsletter. This is Sean Caston, who is actually the incumbent in the sixth against Marie Newman. This is unique in that it's an incumbent versus an incumbent. What? how does that work? Well, redistricting Marie Newman lost her seat because she got redistricted out of the third district. What numbers? But basically Dem against Dem, two incumbents that, you know, had to go against each other. There's this really sad, unfortunate part of this race just recently in that Congressman Caston's teenage daughter died less than two weeks ago. So both Newman's campaign and Caston's campaign ceased Um, ceased campaigning at that point because of that tragedy. And I think Kasten is not having any sort of party tonight, which is understandable. But Marie Newman then um, losing that means that she, as of now, is just a one-term.
0: Got got boxed out. Yep. Yep. You know, speaking of the third congressional district, which she got uh, drawn out of, we did cover that. You and Mariah Wolfel from WBEZ. And it looks like they have called that uh, for uh, Delia Ramirez. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm, I'm, checking, I'm looking at the, I'm getting the NPR live updates. She's currently leading Gilbert Villegas by close to 20,000 votes. Wow. Uh, you know, she she's run in position herself as the progressive candidate. I believe Bernie Sanders was in yep. town recently and, and threw his nomination uh, behind her. And and that's your district, right? That's
2: my district. Villegas, obviously an alderman. Um, this is a majority Latino district. It's got Humboldt Park, Puerto Rican neighborhood up to the northwest side, like Hermosa and other um, largely Latino neighborhoods. But, yeah, she got a big push when Bernie Sanders came not too long ago um, to Humboldt Park to support her. And I think probably Congressman Chewy Garcia, I think, was was uh, was also supporting her. So, yeah, Delia Ramirez. Okay, I didn't see that. But, yeah, that's big.
0: Vallejo's got to go back to that. Uh, yeah, like his new really his ward is new too, right? <laughs> yeah, he's got that skinny little ward. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Is it tough. grand? Is it just <laughs> it looks like a golf club? Yeah,
1: Vegas
2: is like, Man, that's what. Uh, I just had to run for this, now I gotta rerun for this. That's what the
1: Daily Line, the Daily oh, Lines mm-hmm. Alex Nitkin tweeted about. That it's like, this is your consolation prize. This skinny, skinny little ward,
0: <laughs> Simone. I know you got some updates for me. Uh, out of Cook County, what's yeah, happening?
1: so the easy one, uh. Cook County current incumbent Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle um, has uh, pretty much swept her opponent, Richard Boykin. She is leading him pretty handily with 75% of the vote. Uh, so that that race is pretty much in the bag. Um, the other uh, county- it,
2: Jacoby. Sorry, Simone. Jacoby, say it. Say what you want to say. You see her walking her dog every day in your neighborhood. <laughs> you
0: know, Y'all hear me every day, and so I feel like I'm running out of stories feel like i'm running out of idiosyncrasies like y'all just have picked up on all of them. i
2: gotta say side note side, side note cook county board president tony Preco she's out nah, there be you out will here. see she her is. you will see her at stuff you will see her just like out at like oh my gosh what's she doing at the market okay hey like d- <laughs> side note okay sorry smoke go ahead
0: i ain't never talking about that dog again
2: uh
1: uh the other countywide race that we were watching, we talked about it last week uh with uh Chicago Tribune's AD Quig was the Cook County Assessors race. And uh Fritz Kage, the incumbent, is claiming victory in that race. Um he is leading uh his opponent Kari Steele by a number that I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> but I had it deleted it. He's uh leading his opponent Kari Steele, 54% uh to 46%, which is actually a you know not a not the biggest margin we're seeing all night, but he is feeling pretty confident about it. Um the kind of what happened in that race um is right so the assessor's office is responsible for valuing property, which is what kind of uh is goes into your calculation for your property taxes, right? Yep. So what you're yep. paying uh on, on property taxes there and he, he was trying to fix issues that in the assessor's office where like commercial properties were getting overvalued. Um, and his critics sort of say that he wasn't that he that he that he bungled it. He wasn't doing it well enough that that, you know, and a lot of those critics were real estate insiders, you know, the people whose taxes ended up maybe going up a little. Um, so they ended up backing Kari Steele, who is currently the the board president at the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District. Uh, kind of comes with a little bit of her own baggage, uh, specifically around her husband. Uh, her husband is the uh, host of a radio show and has been accused of anti-Semitic, homophobic, and anti-Latino comments on that show, where he has also like promoted her campaign.
0: All right. So it is 1020. We're back together. Lead producer, Carrie Shepard, producer, Samal Alisea and myself uh, to break down a couple of the the remaining races. Uh, while it hasn't been called yet, the secretary of state's race uh, hasn't been close all night. Alexi Janoulias has been leading with, with about 53 percent of the vote. He's leading about uh, he's leading over Chicago City Clerk Anna Valencia. By a hundred thousand votes. Uh, again, Valencia was endorsed by Jesse White. Janulius was the Cook County uh, party pick. Uh, Simone, do you got an update for me on the first congressional district?
1: Yeah, I do, and it's worth saying, you know, the races that we're talking about right now, none of them have sort of been officially called, but the margins are sort of wide enough at this point in the night that. They're probably gonna hold or just get whiter. Um, in the first congressional district, Jonathan Jackson, who's the son of Reverend Jesse Jackson, is leading a pack of 17 Democrats. It was a big, crowded race. He's got about oh my God. yeah, he's got about 28% of the vote. Um, and he leads Alderwoman woman Pat Dowell, who's in second by fewer than 5,000 votes. Um, and Karen Norrington Reeves, who was endorsed by uh, the outgoing congressman, the historic Bobby Rush, um, she's in third place. Uh, so that's kind of the, the state of the yeah. scene right now. But Carrie, um, you actually just got a text from our friend at WBEZ, Mariah Wolfel, who was at Jackson's par- uh, like election party. What, what, what'd what she say?
2: Exactly. Yeah, she's at DuSable Museum, I guess, where the Jacksons are. And we should, in case people don't know, this is the Jacksons, as in Jesse Jackson.
0: I'm sure he probably got to meet the Jacksons when he was a kid. Like the Jackson Jacksons? because. <laughs>
2: Oh, like
0: no, Michael Jackson is hella famous. Yeah, He got to meet the Jacksons. Let's OK,
2: matter. I should be clear. I'm sorry. Yes, there are. There are more than one. There's more than one Jackson dynasty. Of, yeah, OK. <laughs> so uh, Jonathan Jackson, one of Reverend Jesse Jackson's sons. OK, so Mariah said it's super energetic. And this was at like 10 o'clock. Took them like 20 minutes to take a family picture after Jonathan's victory speech. Mm. So many Jacksons, Jesse in tears. And I said, wait, so was it called? She said, not officially. No, not yet. Um, But no, no word on if. When she said so many Jacksons, if there were (laughs) if there were singing Jacksons Jacksons in in attendance as well.
0: When when I was at the the event, the Neighbors Who Vote event. Yeah, there were a few of these individuals there. Yeah. Jonathan Jackson was there. Karen Norrington Reeves, uh, State Senator Jackie Collins. And I will say I got to spend a little bit of time with Jonathan Jackson. He actually made me FaceTime my mom. And he talked to my mom for like 45 seconds, which is to say he was moving as if he knew he'd be the, Mm. the congressional, uh, winner. He, you know, when we took questions from, uh, you know, questions from the audience, he clearly had people in the audience, like writing questions, trying to like, get me to ask him something that would lead right into his stump speech. Uh, cause gas guns and groceries is what he was running on. And they put all three of those in the question, which I mean, you a plant, uh,
2: But Gas, guns and groceries. Interesting. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's helpful, Jacoby, since he may be the Democrat. What could you give us a quick, quick line on what he said about each of those?
0: Yeah, he said his goal is to, you know, obviously lower the amount of illegal firearms to just the total amount of guns. It was funny when we did the yes or no. He was the only person who raised their hand to say, yes, he owns a firearm. And he was mm-hmm. the only person who raised their hand to say that he was interested in repealing and rewriting the second amendment mm. uh and so you know I, so when it comes ah. to guns he's he's taking a, a very interesting approach um you know groceries gas those are the things that are, are really taxing people right now he wants to bring more relief uh to the first congressional district and mm. again with a district that for the last 90 years has been historically ran by a black man it's not that surprising. Uh, That somebody with name recognition like Jonathan Jackson was able to, you know, kind of swoop in and and seemingly take command as he's about 6,000 votes ahead of Alderwoman Pat Dow right now.
1: I mean, take command is a is a strong way of putting it. Let's I mean, he still only has 28 Mm percent of the vote. Again, we have this really crowded race. And I think I just think that's worth noting because, you know, as you mentioned, uh, a, a black man has run this district for for mm-hmm. the generations and generations. Uh, Democrats have run mm-hmm. this district since the 30s. Um, and so with 28% of the vote, Jackson is probably going to be mm-hmm. the next congressman in this district. And like that's something that Tonya Hill from the tribe mm-hmm. talked about when we talked to her in May, just about kind of what it means when when you do have this crowded of a race, like what that kind of actually tells you about support in the district
2: i've heard literally that that is just too many people um and that even you know the idea because i mean i'm not a math whiz but i'm just thinking like if the results come out you know some people are probably not going to make over a certain percentage of a vote so isn't it kind of a waste so to speak
0: another race that people have been watching is in the seventh congressional district and this is really interesting because it was Danny Davis, who's been the longtime congressman, was kind of in that similar position as as Bobby Rush is like if he runs, he's likely to win. But his challenger, Keena Collins, you know, has, has outwardly said it's time for him to, to step aside. Simone, what is that race looking like? It's been pretty close all night, I think.
1: It has been pretty close. But uh, the incumbent, Danny Davis, is coming out ahead of of Collins. Um, he leads mm-hmm. now by over 4000 votes. He's got 52 percent of the vote. Um, and so it it's looking like he's going to be uh, reelected.
0: Yeah, it looks like that late Joe Biden uh, endorsement might have, you know, just gave him a little extra a little extra buffer.
2: Keena Collins did say in an interview with Marianne Ahern, I think that, you know, Danny Davis has been my Congressman since I was five, (laughs) which is just like so indicative of like the legacy of some of these, some of these longtime congressmen. I
0: imagine this is not the last we will hear from, from Keena Collins. Mm,
2: Agreed. Totally. Agreed.
0: Okay. So, uh, before we get out of here, it looks like they have officially called the race for Secretary of State for Alexei Janoulias. Uh If you want full results, Head over to the CityCast Chicago newsletter at Chicago.cityCast.fm slash newsletter, where Sid has not only got a breakdown of results, but has got some great links in there for you. Um, I want to thank our lead producer Carrie Shepard, and producer Simone Aliseya for our first attempt at a City Cash Chicago live election coverage.
2: I'd say a successful attempt, I would. I love I love talking politics with you two. I like I love talking anything with you two. <laughs>
0: oh, the, the the feeling is mutual.
2: Thanks, guys. Let's go edit Sid. Okay.
0: Before I let you go, some good news to get you through. This Saturday, the Chosen Few DJs House Music Festival and Picnic is back in Jackson Park celebrating 30 years. It's one of the longest running house music festivals in the country. I'm going to drop a link for you in the show notes. And please, come back tomorrow. We got a great episode about the history of house music, which, if you ain't know, was born right here in Chicago. If you got a quick moment, rate and review the podcast. Leave us a little comment like, hey. City Cash Chicago is doing its thing. And these producers, oh my God, every single day just hitting it right on the head. <laughs> As always, I appreciate you for listening. Same place and time tomorrow. I'll talk to you then. Peace.
2: I would like to play something from Jacoby's recording from his voting experience today. Take a listen. Uh-huh.
0: No no, no no I was just gonna say
1: you have a great speaking
0: voice. I appreciate Do you. Do people
1: compliment you
0: on that all the time? No ma'am. No, they don't. No. Oh my gosh. That's you a just great
1: did. voice. That's a great <laughs> voice. That's so good. What's funny about <laughs> that is that people people <laughs> say that to Jacoby literally all the time. Our inbox is filled with it. Our Twitter
2: is filled with it. <laughs> I love that he I love that you built a career out of it. And she goes, has anyone ever told you? And you said, No, ma'am. <laughs>